It's 970 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Hartford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Hartford County and beyond. I'm co-host Leslie Greenlee-Smith from the Hartford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby. The Hartford Edge is brought to you each and every week by your Hartford County Public Library. Today, we'll be speaking with Ms. Carrie Dunnington, a national award-winning cookbook author, caterer, personal chef, publisher, and food blogger. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, I was hoping you talked longer so I could fin take a, a few <laughs> more spoonfuls of this butternut squash soup that uh, Carrie has uh, provided. Um, and it's knee weakening is all I can say. It is. Um, and I, so it, I'm, it puts me in such a good mood. I have only a few complaints today. <laughs> So, Can we have the soup every week, please? <laughs> of course. <laughs> they're not complaints. They're observations. There you go. The first one is against myself. Okay. Um, I had like five business meetings in a row yesterday. And three of them were at the, the Bel Air Library, okay. which is a great environment in so many ways. Um, so it, it had gotten tropical out. It was like 47 or 48. So I, I didn't wear my jacket in to the library. Mm-hmm. Had my three hours of meetings, got up to leave, looked for 10 minutes for my <gasps> for jacket. That's too funny. It, you know, Absolutely, it's been it's like a appendage. So that, I don't know if that's a good sign. You'll need it again by tomorrow. Oh, I heard okay. It's be cold. And the other thing, if, if you know any of these people, you need to just tell them. Uh, merchants and other people selling goods on TV shows, when they decide to do the commercial themselves... They really need some someone in their inner circle to, to stand up to them. And be and honest. Now, luckily, like like car dealers, we have all of our car dealers in this county, whether it's Paige and Chuck Boyle or the Walls at Plaza Ford or the Canby folks or Fred Anderson at Thompson Toyota um, or Brian Kilby or mm -hmm. Mary Chance, all big supporters. I'd love to see them on the air. But the ones, like, and let's say they're all from, like, Carroll and Howard County. Like, the guy's wearing sunglasses. Yes. You know, I mean, do they think they look and act trustable? Uh, like, I wouldn't let this one guy, I wouldn't say, the dealership. I wouldn't let him watch a bag of groceries for me while I went and got in my car. And the father and daughter, some brokerage team oh yeah reading from a script that they've yes. just seen it yes the guy who said i'm not gonna i'm a roof guy but i'm I, i'm not gonna give you any gimmicks i'm sick and tired of gimmicks so if you call me now i'll give you the uh you pay for the front half of the roof and i'll give you the back half of the roof free not a but gimmick. but mention that <laughs> offer to me before i give you a quote <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that is true. That's the end of my <laughs> my gripe. But someone needs to do them a favor mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and say you're not doing yourselves any favors. <laughs> you ready for education and trivia? Yes. All right. And Ms. Dunnington is going to help me. Yes. Okay. We're going to attempt to stump Bob and you, Carrie. But since they're food related, you might have a leg up. Okay. Oh, my God. This is so good. <laughs> Champagne is a sparkling wine made from grapes grown in the Champagne region of which country? France. France. Good job. And it is a special method that uh, you need certification from the French government to be able to call it Champagne because it's the method Champenois. Mm -hmm. And it goes way back, I think, to the monks where they... This long process where they freeze it in brine and slowly turn it a little more, where the sugar mm -hmm. um, slowly uh, reduces and ends up at the bottom, which is the top, at the at the neck of the bottom. Okay, okay. I've, I've watched um, something on it. It's pretty amazing how they do it. And that's why sometimes I have to drink Prosecco, because I can't drink the champagne. <laughs> I have to drink the <laughs> Italian version of it. All right. In which country did cheddar cheese originate? Cheddar. Cheddar. Cheddar cheese. Um, Ireland. Close. Try again. Close. Britain? Mm -hmm. England? England. 
I wasn't. I, I wasn't even thinking the British Isles. Mm-hmm. I wasn't either. That one was a stumper for me. Hmm. Did I just get a little hint of rosemary? No. Um, Something. Ginger. <laughs> ginger. Ginger. It was hiding out in the rest <laughs> of the soup. You know ginger, just... don't you? <laughs> and Marianne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your favorite when you were a young child, Bob? Jeannie. Actually, all their evil sisters. <laughs> That's right. Like, the bewitched the evil sisters, yes. the evil brunettes, Jeannie's yes. evil sister. <laughs> oh, okay. What are the three main ingredients in the campfire treat known as a s'more? Marshmallows, chocolate, and graham crackers. Fantastic. What's not the love? Oh my God, this soup is amazing. <laughs> Carrie, what's your website while I'm eating this soup? It's www.carriedunnington.com. Okay. I had to get that in after that. Absolutely. <laughs> Several times today. Um, traditionally, the term caviar refers to the salt-cured roe of which fish? Um, beluga. Incorrect. Well, beluga is a fish, right? <laughs> yes, it yes, is. it is. Sturgeon. Yes. Very good. Bob Mumby. Bob. I don't, that was fine. It is Plus. the soup. It's now ask me, ask me your name. I forget your name. But that was filed in my brain in 1978, and I wow. was able to pull it out. Okay. Black-eyed peas are not peas. What are they? Legumes. Legumes. Very good. You guys were We both. say it differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the proper way to say uh, it? I think, well, Bob sort of put a spin on it mm-hmm. legumes legumes it was because i had some soup in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> oh what are the top two selling spices in the world okay basil now the first one is a pretty generic on your kitchen table salt um, pepper mm-hmm. pepper and let, let's hold on the other one must be ethnic because like salsa is the most widest selling condiment. Right. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm going oregano. Mustard, mustard seeds, because okay. that is used when I you were headed in the right direction with the culture thing. Because I think a lot of cultures use mustard. Interesting. <sighs> it is interesting. See, you're going to go away from here with just all this new information. Okay, Mary Hassler and Cindy Mumby, uh, I regret to tell you <laughs> there will be no that soup for the you. soup will be gone <laughs> before the show is over. So Don't worry, Mary, I have you up hot. We'll, we'll describe it really well to you. Um, okay, this is our last one, and it's a banger. How many bites does it take to consume the average hot dog? Well, doesn't that depend on who's eating it? <laughs> I guess it would. Like that disgusting competition they make you watch <laughs> yeah, on right. ESPN. Oh, Four? A little bit higher. Six? Correct. Hmm. No. Normally I would be moved for a hot dog, but I'm not because well, of this. Well, sure. Your, your palate wow. has been changed forever. Ginger. It's Ginger's doing that. It is the ginger. I can taste it and after coconut. you said that. Well, that's a, that's, um, those are pretty good. Yeah. I have a couple more if you want to do a couple well, more. Well, yeah, let's do one All right. more. All right. Hmm. What is the name of the scale used to measure the spicy heat of peppers? I know that. I know you know that. Now say the it. The Scoville sale That's scale. That's correct. Bob, Mumby. Bob. Right? It's filed. Oh, my goodness. It's right? filed. Filed. And that like... one was never filed. <laughs> but you'll know now, right? I know now. But, um... um Who is Scoville? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, but, like... Something like pepper, or it, it is like a three on that scale, and like a habanero is like um, seven thousand. But this ghost pepper, this ghost chili pepper, is a million and a half. No interest. It's I think it's in all. Thailand. No, no. Are you? Do you like spicy food? I do. Yeah, I do. I can't but- do it. Not like some people can eat spicy food. Right. I'm probably middle of the road. 
I like it a little spicy, but when my husband likes it real spicy, his head sweats. Yeah. And he's uncomfortable. And, and he's like, but I love it. Like, it's just... Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't either, um, but he says, I don't get it because I don't like spicy food. So, the, uh, I let him have Supposedly, that. a lot of cuisines uh, that come from warmer climates have spicy food because the spices, uh, the, the, um, the oil... Mm-hmm. The capsaicin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. acts as a preservative, so it gives the okay, food more sense. shelf life. He's Lithuanian, so I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> well, that's just because they like spicy stuff. They do. They are. They definitely are a spicy people. Um, okay, I have uh, in. I sw- I put these in a folder the other day, and I swear I didn't do it on purpose, but it's. So I have some questions for you about food. Oh, good. The oldest evidence of soup is from 6,000 B.C. And there's one animal and one bird of the two specimens they found that was the base for the soup. You're not going to get it, I'll just tell you. Hippopotamus was the animal, and sparrow was the bird. Wow. Huh. That would be hard to skin and, a hippopotamus. Carrie, do you know how pound cake got its name? Well, logically, perhaps the amount of eggs and butter. Yep. A pound each of sugar. butter, eggs, sugar, and flour. Wow. Mm. <laughs> how many rows does an average ear of corn have? <laughs> okay, yours are worse than mine. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I knew this. It's an even number. It's an even number. Double digit, triple digit, or single digit? Double digit. No, it has to be double. Mm -hmm. All right, Leslie, what do you think? Should we try to do this together? Yes, we should. Think of what a quarter would have, a a quarter of it, 25% it would have. Uh, Let's see, eight? You want to do 24? 24 rows? Not bad, 16. Mm -hmm. Okay. 16. Uh, That's not the corn I eat. Uh, it's kernels aren't that big. <laughs> um, okay, what's Oklahoma? <laughs> I can't believe this. I did not put this in her contract. <laughs> Oklahoma State vegetable. Okra? Watermelon. <laughs> really? I didn't wow. know watermelon was even a vegetable. And green peas is the most popular pizza topping in Brazil. Really? Um... um Store-bought 100% real, quote-unquote, orange juice is 100% artificially flavored when they call it real. It's like saying, like, Velveeta is cheese food because they oh. can't call it cheese. Or that Pringles is a chip. Yeah. Right. Mashed. Well, that, that's on here, too. They were once sued uh, by a chip, potato chip manufacturer trying to prove they weren't really potato chips. They were just a mash. Stamped yeah. mash. Yes, mm-hmm. there. It's a mold, mm-hmm. actually, N- not as in mold. It's a molded mm-hmm. mash. Yeah, they are um, addictive though. Once you start, I prefer. Okay. Um, different chips. I don't want to read this one. But you're going to. <laughs> Ka- Kazumatsu is a cheese found in Sardinia that is purposely infested with maggots. I know. I, and I said I wasn't going to. <laughs> Couldn't help yourself. Um, well, sauternes. Have you uh, if you've ever had uh, after dinner wine sautern, which is really sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is sweet because they let they grow the grapes really in low lying areas that are very moist and foggy, and they get a fungus, and the fungus ruptures the skin, so the water drains out of the grapes, so the sugar concentration is like. 10 times higher than a normal grape and that's wow. why that's why it's a sweet one. Okay, last thing. You you can guess this. The twists and pretzels are meant to look like what? If I tell you that they were made in abbeys and monasteries. Cross. Prayers. Oh. Hands crossed yeah. in prayer. Okay. Okay. Huh. That's my favorite food, pretzels. Yep. My favorite snack, pretzels and cheese and dips. Yeah. I like that a good mm. pretzel. Okay. Um, well, we did we did well with that. Yeah. 
Well, now we know so much more about food. Tell us when your um, evening with the author is before we start the news. Kerry Dunnington. Sunday the 25th. Sunday February. the 25th. February 25th, At Sunday. At Bel Air Branch. Yes. At Bel Air Branch. Okay. We'll get that in there. Um, yes. Okay. Uh, this is uh, the first piece of news. Is, is interesting. If you had asked me if I would have agreed with this philosophically a few years ago, I would have said no, but I'm now totally behind it. Harford County plans uh, to participate in the opioid lawsuit um, oh. to seek mm -hmm. payment from opioid manufacturers and prescribers for their role in the crisis. Mm -hmm. um, as I said, normally uh, that's, that, that sort of conflicts, I think, with a, with a lot of um, tenets of free trade and restraint of trade, etc. But I think um, in this case, to be so aware of the, the addictive nature of this and its, its potential for misuse and, and its uh, lethal, um, the lethal uh, results from misuse. I think I'm for this. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what, what do you ladies think? I'm for it. It ha We have to figure it out, and that's one way to help figure it out. I think the advertising, we were talking about this in a meeting yesterday. If you look at advertising in the 80s and 90s for these drugs, for pain management, they have people that are saying, oh, I feel so much better. Like, it just really directed people to really use mm -hmm. these um drugs without a lot of supervision and a lot of thought on how many times they're prescribed and if if the drug companies are not responsible then i don't know who is that's just my opinion mm -hmm. and distributors mm -hmm. and distributors absolutely yep. doctors who over prescribe uh -huh. it mm -hmm. um um the 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 trade association had an, as i don't know as best they can do uh, uh their representative the healthcare distribution alliance uh, was quoted as saying, as distributors, we understand the tragic impact the opioid epidemic has on communities across the country. We are deeply engaged in the issue, um, and we're starting to take our own steps to be part of the solution, but we aren't willing to be scapegoats. Key word there is starting. Mm -hmm. So, that was a little op-ed along with the news. Mm -hmm. This is, again, we don't have a ton of time, but um, uh, about 149 of uh, people got together Wednesday, and they're going to have a three-month sort of festival of brotherhood and love and camaraderie and, um, and the like. Uh, the assembly session began oh. with the state legislative assembly. <laughs> I was like, where is this going now? I get it. Yes. Annapolis is in session. Annapolis <laughs> is in session. And uh, that's all. Uh, it's going to be interesting. And a lot of people tried to, you know, a lot of the delegates and senators said, well, we're going to work together. Uh, you know, we're not we're going to rise above politics. Our own senator, Wayne Norman, um, <laughs> You know, love or love or not love Wayne, and I I'm I'm a fan of Wayne. Um, his response this is almost refreshing. It's going to be a very tumultuous session. <laughs> it's an election year. There's a lot of people posturing in different areas in different ways. <laughs> I love that he said that. Yeah, it was a little unguarded, but we could use a little more of that. Um, so that's going to be interesting to watch. And something else interesting to watch, and I I beg everyone to stay close to this. There was almost a meet uh, a vote last night at the Aberdeen City Council to award a contract for event management right. to um, to a group called the Huntley Sports Group. And I encourage people to go on the Aberdeen website and read this contract, read the exhibits. And try to understand the implications of this to our community, um, to a $10 million asset that the city and the county and the state and others have invested in over the past 16 years. I'm going to leave it at that. 
um, call your folks who represent you, ask them to explain what's going on here and what they think the impact of it is going to be. Um, and I will leave it at that. Uh, and frankly, Robert Mumby at Verizon.net. If anybody wants more info, I can send you to where. All we can do, I can do, this is me speaking, not the library, is make sure as many people know as many of the facts as possible. They say sunlight is the best disinfectant, uh, and that is what we would like everyone to do. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Carrie Dunnington, a national award-winning cookbook, author, caterer, personal chef, publisher, and food blogger. Harford County Public Library's Winter Reading Program, Eat, Drink, Read, begins December 21st and runs through March 3rd. Adults and teens may sign up for the Winter Reading Program starting December 21st by logging on to hcplonline.org or visiting a local library. Adults are encouraged to read or listen to at least five books. Teens should read or listen to three. Upon successful completion, participants will receive this year's Eat, Drink, Read collectible mug while supplies last. Sponsors of the 2018 Winter Reading Program are Advanced Eye Care, Schaefer, McLaughlin, and Stover, LLC, friends of the Harford County Public Library and Harford County Public Library Foundation. For more information about the Winter Reading Program, log on to hcplonline.org or pick up a copy of the Headlines and Happening newsletter at any of the library's branches. Welcome back. I'm co-host Leslie Greenlee-Smith from the Hartford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby, and this is the Hartford Edge. And I have some delicious crackers and dinner. I, I, right <laughs> I, have to, I have to hand it, I have to, hand it uh, to Leslie because she, I, she had just taken a bite of this delicious cracker and horseradish uh, dip that uh, Carrie has brought, and as soon as she took the bite, I put the mic live and pointed to her. It's like the... A uh, waiter or a waitress that comes over and asks you how everything is when you have a full mouth. It's true. But now I'm good to go. Okay. So Carrie Dunnington is in the studio with us today. Carrie's a Baltimore-based award-winning cookbook author, personal chef, caterer, food blogger, and curator of unique culinary concepts. What a title. Um, Carrie was recently named the marketing coordinator for the Kenilworth and Catonsville Farmers Markets, which is very interesting. Um, she's inspired by locally based farm to table eating and is definitely committed to following the rhythm of the food seasons, which we're going to talk about a little bit more. Carrie is the founder of Baltimore's Eat in Season Challenge and a food columnist for a variety of publications. She established Artichoke Publishers in 2014. Carrie's food articles appear in numerous publications, including Slow Food USA, and her work has been featured in a wide variety of media outlets. Carrie is a cookbook author, <clears throat> excuse me, and her cookbooks include Tasting the Seasons and This Book Cooks. They have both won nine National Book Awards. Tasting the Seasons is one of 22 books recommended by Food Tank, and her volume, The Book Cooks, is the winner of the Mom's Choice Award, which <clears throat> recognizes pro product excellence. Um, Carrie's very active on social media, has a very devout following. Um, She's a uh, YouTube phenomenon. Anna Saccone has named Carrie's Stove to Oven Brownie Recipe the world's best brownie, which is a huge high honor. <laughs> um, Carrie's here today to talk about all of those things as well as her newest cookbook, The Seasonal Kitchen, Farm Fresh Ingredients Enhance 165 Recipes. This book recently won the New York Big Book Award. Welcome, and thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Leslie and Bob, for having me. Oh, we're happy to. We have a lot of questions. But first, our bone to pick with you. Yes. I don't want to keep you in suspense, okay. I, although I doubt you're in suspense. <laughs> but standing I standing at attention. I told Carrie earlier I had a bone to pick with her. Um, uh, this is uh, the description for the autumn evening's call uh, uh, for the curry butternut squash soup. Is that what we just had? Yes. Okay. Coconut curry. The soup's texture is silky, creamy, velvety, smooth, and it promises to slither its way down the throat like golden honey or a smooth single malt scotch. When the season for butternut squash rounds the corner, this soup is always on our list, my list of must-haves. My, my issue is with you, all the blood left my brain when I read that. 
and to all glands in my body. And since kids are in school, I can say it wasn't just my hypothalamus or pituitary <laughs> gland. <laughs> and this, and it was after having the soup. So that was excellent. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. I agree. Thank you. Delicious. So who is Carrie Dunnington? How'd you get here? Where were you? Where are you from? I'm from Baltimore. And I live in the city, actually, in a um, historic district called the Tuscany Canterbury neighborhood. It's right near Johns Hopkins mm-hmm. University. Mm-hmm. Beautiful neighborhood. I know the neighborhood. My daughter just graduated from Hopkins, oh my God, already two and a half years ago. <laughs> but it is, it's absolutely beautiful. It is. It's a lovely area. Um, and uh, how did you get to where you are? I would say that I got here via my mother. She was a fabulous cook. She made all of our meals from scratch, all three of them, seven days a week, all our life until I left, you know, to go to college. And I learned a great deal from her, Um, and you'll hear more about her today. But she is really um, who taught me how to cook and did her strategy work, by the way, where uh, she filled you up, tried to fill you up on Halloween? It did. With this <laughs> massive, beautiful meal so you would eat less candy? She did. She did. It's brilliant. Halloween soup. Mm-hmm. I and love it, it was, it had peanut butter in it and beans and tomatoes and all different kinds of vegetables. And that's what she made every Halloween. And it did fill us up. Well. And hot peanut butter, I've never heard of in soup. I'm sure you have. And most new things you hear about in soup, you say, well, that doesn't sound right. But peanut butter sounds perfect. It does. As, as a connector in soup and a base or whatever. It's actually amazing what nuts can do in a soup. I have a recipe for a carrot soup that the base is almonds. Really? Yes. It's delicious. Hmm. Well, I found that with uh, pecans with my uh, morning oatmeal. Completely transforms it, or I, I think at least. Does it? So, um, were you always, you obviously weren't always someone who made a living and it was your vocation to write on and speak about and prepare food. How did that work? How did that evolve? Um, I resigned from a job that kept me away from home for 12 or 17, some odd crazy hours seven days a week and um I happened to miss the cherry trees on my way to work and one of the people that worked for me said did you see the cherry trees and I said no and on my way home I saw the cherry trees and I wondered how I could have possibly missed them so I felt like I was missing a lot more um if I missed those cherry trees And I decided to just dive into a domestic um, life, Mm -hmm. uh, sort of what my mother did. Mm -hmm. And I really dove into the kitchen. And maybe a year later, um, after various dinner parties and various testing of recipes Mm -hmm. and putting lots of combinations together, including the Halloween soup that my mother didn't have a recipe for, um, that I created one. And we had a dinner party, and I had been putting stuff in a journal, in a handwritten journal. And everybody asked for the recipes, and I put the journal on the table with a bunch of pens and pieces of paper, and my one friend opened it and said, how come you haven't written a cookbook? And so there, that was born. So were you a natural? Because everyone thinks they can write a cookbook Mm -hmm. and probably underestimates how difficult it is to write a good one, either presentation or certainly uh, clarity, picking the right dishes, mm-hmm. devising the right dishes, et cetera. Is it just yes, something it's, you it's, were good at starting out? Or what advice can you give aspiring folks out there? Well, one thing, it did take me, Bob and Leslie, 10 years to write my first book. So yeah. it's very mm-hmm. time-consuming, and um, there's a lot of accuracy and um, really clear directions were very important to me. The layout of the cookbook, which all of my books are traditionally laid out by event, mm-hmm. appetizers to desserts, because that's actually how I mm-hmm. eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
all of that, any any kind of really informative introductions for each recipe mm -hmm. were very important to me to convey to my readers. Interesting. So it's a process. Mm -hmm. There's no question. And it takes time and lots of learning curves. Lots of um, mistakes that you, uh, you, uh, your family had to eat? No, not really. I think I actually was a natural that way. Okay. I was a natural, and I think that's what I got from my mother, is that what really goes together? Why can you put peanuts in that soup and make it work? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't come naturally to me. I would never think of that. Right, and a lot of people, I think it doesn't come mm -hmm. naturally to. So it's very automatic for me. Mm hmm well, we uh, we have a lot of questions on that for later because uh, at least myself, uh, uh, my wife went from probably working twenty hours a week to working over sixty hours a week three years ago. Mm -hmm. So I am mm -hmm. doing a lot more cooking, not as much as she would like. Uh, <laughs> but there are some things that come very natural to me. But there's also some things that I had to learn the hard way, and I have some questions about that. Great. Like when you overtime something, it's really hard to counteract the spice time. If you put too much in. So, but we'll talk about that later. Yes, or, that is. Okay. That's a tough one. And uh, uh, lots of other things. Like I, I would tell people extracts are called that because they're really powerful and con <laughs> con concentrated. <laughs> I'm still puckering from that lemon extract. <laughs> so tell us about uh, the, the latest book. Um, the latest book is uh, The Seasonal Kitchen, and it's set up by event, Appetizers to Desserts. And I would say in this book, I there are a lot more bolder combinations. And, and, and an example is the soup that, you're, that you've sampled this morning. That it has ginger and... It's all gone. Coconut milk. <laughs> He's so sad. <laughs> So it's combining uh, ginger and coconut are two, they really go together very well. Mm -hmm. Butternut squash is kind of a mellow, very creamy, um, wonderful, wonderful, healthy, colorful mm -hmm. vegetable. It looks like the sunset. So you can merge those intense flavors mm -hmm. like ginger um, and coconut with something that's really mellow to give it a burst of flavor. Mm -hmm. And for those out there who haven't tried this, you know, I really, um, I really feel bad for you mm -hmm. um, because uh, it's so good. And wh while we're doing it, how do the, if folks uh, can sense how much we love this and they want to go check it out, uh, do they go to the, uh, the book for this? Do they go to the website for the, just say this, Butternut squash menu. They can Me go. To, they can get the book from Amazon. They okay. can get the book from any bookstore. Mm -hmm. um, they can get the book from my website if they wanted a signed copy of it, mm -hmm. and that's www.carriedunnington.com. Just about anywhere books are sold, you can get the seasonal kitchen. Okay, and naturally, when you buy the book and you love it, review it because mm -hmm. that really. Puts it in a lot of for other people who deserve it to be to have it in front of them. And when is the um, the meet the author? It is Sunday, February twenty fifth, from two to three at our Bel Air branch. Okay. So Carrie will be there. It's a free event. You can just come. She is going to be bringing books and selling books and signing books and talking about the seasonal kitchen and what that terminology means. Bel, Bel you said Bel Air branch. Bel Air, yes. And I'm bringing soup. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to be there. So you better get there at 10 to 2, anybody else, if you want the soup. Because someone's going to be uh, accosted on the way in with their uh, mm -hmm. terrine. Um, so so to, uh, as far as uh, seasonal, talk about seasonal. Is, it, is that mostly about the availability or how... A dish may best go if it's warmer outside or rainy outside or cold or? Well, it's all of those things, but I think it is mostly about what's in season in our region 
now or in the spring mm -hmm. or summer or fall. And I think it's really important to follow the food seasons because food is the most nutrient rich when it's just been harvested and has not traveled. Okay. Um, so it's the best for you. It's the least expensive. And of course it supports our economy here, mm -hmm. which is very important. Do we? How hard do we scrub the potatoes then on that note as far as nutrients in the skin? Do we scrub it like crazy? No, I don't think you scrub it like crazy, especially if it hasn't been sprayed. And most potatoes haven't been sprayed because bugs really are not attracted to them. But I think washing anything, it does come from dirt, mm -hmm. but, but soil is okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with it. Okay. And talk, talk about the local ingredients um, and why, first of all, why that is so great in so many ways, why it's become justifiably something that's so uh, popular with folks now and there's more providers and there's a lot of uh, local to table, so much more. Um, we have a few in the county, uh, you know, the uh, Woodbury Kitchen, places like that. Mm -hmm. Um, downtown. Talk about that, farm to table and local. Be being in Ag County in a lot of ways, this is something that's important to us. Well, farm to table is the way I've eaten all my life. And how we got away from it, to me, really is a travesty. And I think that happened when we, in the, the 60s um, and 70s, when food started to be trucked from all parts of the country and soon our grocery stores were looking the same um, no matter what the season was and I think we really need to get away from that a, a big example Bob and Leslie is um, asparagus mm -hmm. so most of our asparagus comes from China and Peru really so respectively China mm -hmm. is 7,000 miles from my house Peru is 5,000 miles. And asparagus feels just like we do, I'm sure, after we've traveled. Mm -hmm. It's dehydrated. It doesn't really have anything left. There's no nutritional... There's really nothing left in it. Mm -hmm. And it looks old. Mm -hmm. It doesn't smell like asparagus, that grassy green that's just been harvested. Mm -hmm. So when I was growing up, we ate asparagus... When it came in season in the spring, we ate it for two weeks or however long it was here, hmm. and then we never saw it again until the following year. So I, I'm an advocate about getting back to that, about getting back to not buying tomatoes in a plastic container or on the vine that are hard and sort of not really red inside. No yeah. It has no flavor. And you don't know what they're doing them to make them last longer Absolutely. from right. from harvesting mm -hmm. to use. Right. Tom tomatoes and bananas especially, I, they don't taste like tomatoes or bananas anymore. And it has to be either how they're engineering them. Yes. Um, for more yield or for for slower spoilage or that they're traveling halfway around the world. Well, it's a good the, point. The other thing is I think that we're, we've really gotten away from is I am perfectly fine about eating mangoes, even though they come from afar, but only eat mangoes when they're in season in their respective growing region. Because you know what? Maryland will never grow mangoes. Mm -hmm. We just don't have it. We'll never grow pineapples. We'll never grow kiwi. Mm -hmm. But when those fruits and vegetables are in season in their respective growing regions, mm -hmm. where that's where they flourish, that's when to buy them. Okay. You'll see mangoes in April. Mm -hmm. You'll see grocery stores have cartons and cartons and cartons and cartons of them. That's when to buy them. Oh, and is there a place you can go to find out when foods are in season in their region if they're not grown here? Because well, I wouldn't know when mangoes are in season. What I usually like to do is if I like that mm -hmm. product mm -hmm. and I happen to really lo love mangoes, mm -hmm. um, 
then I go, I source mangoes on the internet. Gotcha. Okay. And then that'll tell you their season. Um, and I think it's important that we don't buy pineapples in July when we can get blueberries and peaches mm -hmm. and some of the, all the things that are grown in our region when it's at the height of their season. Mm -hmm. It's the most flavorful. <clears throat> Not to mention um, what it does for employment, local economy, mm -hmm. economic activity, the amount of energy to get blueberries from, uh, I don't know, um, Kent County to here compared to getting them from Chile to here right. uh, mm -hmm. is, is, a, is a fraction. Um, so... Uh, do you, how evident to, to you is the, the, the increase in local providers? I have a friend whose son is about to leave his job because he and his new wife are, they have a few acres and they're selling to local restaurants and local um, uh, food stores and they're, they're doing great. And we know what, like Laura Penn and a lot of the places up here, is it really noticeable to you? Yes, yes, very much so. You can see the growth. At farmers markets, you can see the growth with uh, just just like your friends that you just mentioned. He's about ready to leave his job, and they have a couple of acres, and that's really all you need. I think of my little garden plot that isn't much bigger than this studio, and I get so much from that. Hmm. In in from at least three of the seasons. Yeah. Um, so I yes, I see a big growth in that, and 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 speaking of that. I just can't emphasize enough the importance of going to the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. It's really vital. I mean, think of all the things. How wonderful is it to be able to know the person who actually planted the seed mm -hmm. and grew your food and talk to them mm -hmm. about what they're doing for you? Mm -hmm. You cannot get that in a grocery store aisle. Mm -hmm. It's true. If you have never heard the soliloquy in, have you seen the movie Sideways? Yes. The soliloquy, uh, Virginia Madsen, I think her name was, about knowing a grape and talking to the mm -hmm. people who grew the grapes. Mm -hmm. it's, um, Paul Giamatti almost flips out when he hears it, but I had to <laughs> mention that. That's a, exactly what you're talking about. Right. It. It. I mean, to talk to a farmer is that that's actually feeding you that's what mm -hmm. they're doing is mm -hmm. amazing to so support that you do represent and advise two counties farmer farmers market communities uh, i just i do the the marketing so i help support exactly what i'm saying come out support us um so it's the marketing that i do and the other thing i encourage is think of the the year-round markets i mean Think of those farmers that bundle up. They come out in, you know, 15-degree yep. weather, and they stand in boots and gloves and for four and five hours, mm -hmm. and they smile, and mm -hmm. they... And, and, you know, some people I hear say it's more expensive, but think of that, actually, have the hard work from seed to actually your mouth. Mm -hmm. It's worth it. Mm -hmm. It's worth it. Hmm. That's that's uh, you know it's it's true mm -hmm. and it, it does make it a, a, a much a better experience, especially to hear you talk about it uh, that way. Uh, uh, talk about uh, uh, some of your other books. Well, this book cooks was the book that was birthed from that journal. Okay. Um, and that is a great book if you're looking for um, everyday eating and entertaining. It's just a go-to book. Um, so from um, this book, Cooks, from your journal, and really a lot from your mom's journal. Yes, translation. From my mo yes, absolutely. Yeah, that is a compilation of what I grew up with eating. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then actually making, turning her creations that she actually had in her mind into a recipe. Um, so I sourced her quite a bit to write that book. And my next book was Tasting the Seasons. And 
That's actually a huge book, 250 recipes. Took me years wow. and years and years to write. Got It has lots of soups in it, Bob. <laughs> I like that. Whoa. Tasting the Seasons. Yes, Tasting the Seasons. And that's a fun book. Again, it's got a lot of soups. Um very, very little meat in that book. Um, lots of appetizers, tons of vegetables, different ways to do all different kinds of vegetables. Brussels sprouts and cabbage and some things that are good item, food items to source recipes for mm-hmm. that we don't really know what to do with. What mm-hmm. do you do with a head of red, red cabbage? Mm-hmm. What What are two, one or two suggestions you have if you are in have less time and you want to get a good hearty soup with a good base but you don't have a a ton of time what are some cheats um other than dumping in you know a quart of broth pre uh that you pre-bought i mean a little half and half or uh, some potatoes well i love i am i actually am cooking for someone who's had an injury and um she can't taste anything so she actually eats with her eyes, which is very interesting. And it's a bit sad in that she, she loves food. So I've been challenged. Hmm. Now, I do this every week, and I do several meals a week for her. So you could imagine that I am challenged oh, yeah. to feed somebody that eats with their eyes. So she eats with her eyes, and texture is very important to her. Wow. So what I've been doing is I've been adding, say, a grain to the soup and wild rice and rainbow carrots and then your basics, maybe onion and celery and beans and traditionally preserved tomatoes. So and anything that will like exude their contribution quickly into into it. Right. If that makes any sense. And then, of course, you're going to add your spices, which she can't taste. But if you add things like paprika. You feel it. Well, and but it makes things very red. You can see it. Right. Or um, turmeric makes things very sunset colored. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can add your shrimp or beef or scallops or and i tell people you can make that addition the more expensive addition as kind of the sidekick to the soup so everybody doesn't have to have a scallop or a piece of shrimp mm-hmm. it's kind of the 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 garnish so you do a, that base and then people can choose what protein they want to put in if they, they want to if they want to okay that's great yeah if they want to but i encourage people to try to either go to a bulk section or an area where there's a lot of variety and then just pick a little bit from each of that mm-hmm. you know let's say you buy black lentils well next time buy red lentils mm-hmm. or let's say you buy black eyed peas next time buy kidney beans and and add as much variety to your pot um, as you can, or your casserole. Mm-hmm. It, it, lasagna is a great example where I add shredded carrots and sautéed mushrooms and steamed spinach. And it's lasagna. colorful, mm-hmm. and it adds nutrition, and it's different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I found out way too late in life that things like spinach and carrots are delicious. They are. <laughs> I love spinach, especially with tomato. Like yeah, in spinach sauces, is, pizza. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we have, we'll actually skip the break. We have one more question for you. I have a question for you because uh, I have no idea how to get out of it um, <laughs> when it happens. And it should only happen once, but it's happened to me twice. I underestimate time, T-H-Y-M-E. Okay. And I've made two things where I put too much THY in me. It's like I had too much time on my hands, or I spent. I put there's too much time in the. I put too much time in the rice. Or is there any way other than doubling the other ingredients to counteract that? Like to so anything, another spice or something or. Well, that... first I'm gonna answer, and I'm gonna I'm gonna 
advise you, and then I'll answer your question. Okay. So my one of the most valuable lessons I got from my mother was never over season. You want to season, but you never want to over season because you can always add more. Oh, I'm I'm. I'm there like Keith Moon, the drummer with my, <laughs> with my son. <laughs> That's a good so, picture there. Yeah, that is. That's a good visual. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so I would say to add less before you think you want to add more, if that makes sense to you. Okay. Let's assume for a second I'm unteachable. Not that I am. And I've already done that. I've already okay. added too okay. much. Well, that's how I was going to answer your question. Okay. So, so if you have done that, you either take a portion of whatever it is that you've made out of that, and then you're going to add something bland, like beans. Okay. Or cut a sweet potato, um, or potatoes, or pasta. Or so you're going to have to, you have to draw. You have to add something that's bland to draw that flavor into that whatever you're adding. It's amazing. Because I said, I thought like, okay, I guess I have to put in twice as much of ingredients. I never thought of taking half away. Take half away. Mm -hmm. And then take the other, and always use your water. My mother always used what she called potato water and pasta water. Mm -hmm. Because you've you've already... the nutrient's already in that. Don't throw it out. And even if you can't use it in that, save it. That's what she used to do. She used to save mm-hmm. water. And that's how she made broth. Wow. That is a great answer. That is a great answer. Well, thank you. And it seems <laughs> like you would just know to do that. But I'm like you. I would have added a ton more to yeah, it. Well, and then now you I'm going to have eight, yes. eight gallons. Yes. Of this. And then you can take what you took out and freeze it, and the next time you go to make soup, you already have the base. You already I, have I the have base. The label. O- over over time, <laughs> peel off. <you> know? <laughs> oh I have no gosh. more room in my freezer now. <laughs> that's, that's in the overseasoned frozen food section. <laughs> so before we uh, talk about what's going on at the library, uh, it's Carrie Dunnington. Dot com. That's K-E-R-R-Y-D-U-N-N-I-N-G-T-O-N. Correct. And uh, February 25th, Bel Air Library, Bel Air. 2 p.m. Yes. Carrie will be there with her books and talking about her books and et cetera. And uh, let's get a plug in for um, one of the best catering, catering services in the Baltimore region. That is which the is, truth. Uh, um, that, what's the best bet there? They can should email you. Yes, they can email me at Carrie Dunnington at Verizon dot net. Okay, crab pleasing. You have crab pleasing themes: vegetarian, unique, vegan, classic, colorful, and fun. Yes. Well, you had me at all those things. I know. <laughs> and the soup. And the soup. All righty. Well, if you'll stick around, we're going to do some library events, and maybe we'll have a little fun if we have time. All right, we'll make time Great. for that. So I want to invite everyone to our um, fairy tale festival, which is taking place today, also at the Bel Air Library. It's all day today. It's for all ages. It will be in the children's sections um, under the pergola. And we are um, doing a lot of things today. Uh, We're celebrating fairy tales. We have crafts. We have... um, activities for all ages, technology in our Streamworks area, and probably the highlight of the day is our celebrity story time. It starts at 10.15 and goes till 4.15 today, and we have local Hartford County celebrities coming to read their favorite fairy tale to our younger audience. Including um, uh, Princess Belle. Yes, yes. Mary Hassler, CEO of the library. Yes, she is reading at four at 1.15. Um, we have... Uh, Barry Glassman is coming, Um, Angela Rose from the Chamber is coming, Um, we just have a packed schedule today, so stop by, there'll be something going on all day that's fun, Um, and then on Saturday, January 13th, at our Whiteford Library, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., is a really unique program called Sew Sisters. You can bring your fabric project, you can bring your sewing machine, you can bring a needle and thread, and we will have a librarian there to help you be creative and um, work on a project together. So you can bring your lunch and 
hang out during um, your lunch and talk with the people who will be there. So that's a, a good bonding experience. Um, Sunday, January 14th at our Abingdon Library from 2 to 4, we have um, what's part of our program called New Year, New You. And this is really to help you stick to your New Year's resolutions. Um, we're going to talk about how making small changes every day can yield big results for your health throughout the year. And I think that's something we all struggle with. I know my New Year's resolutions today on January 12th are a thing of the past already. <laughs> um, Amen. Hopefully you have some of those tweets from your favorite gal, Bob. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. But I, I have someone in that this circle sent a list out of um, things that, not annoys them, but we all do it. We speak in redundancies. Mm -hmm. And I, there's a list here I want to read. And you, you never realize how much we speak in redundancies. And marketeers speak of it in redundancy. Uh, added bonus, future potential, prior history, temper tantrum. Like, oh my oh, gosh, had a, I have never realized he had this. A, he had a euphoria tantrum, you know, <laughs> a unique individual, advance warning, um, <laughs> lag behind, close proximity, past experience. Uh, circulate around, duplicate copy, and exact replica. Wow. <laughs> How many words could we save by just eliminating those those redundancies? But that's an impactful redundancy. Yes. Like it makes your statement impactful. And so. I'll make sure I redo that again. <laughs> there you go. So I'm going to encourage everyone to get on the Hartford County Public Library website. It's hcplonline.org. And check out all the events we have coming up over the next couple weeks. Get them on your calendar. All righty. Excellent. All right, guys. That's all the time we have for today um, for the Hartford Edge. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend.